This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Pass Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back here not to make any picks uh, for betting or anything like that, although I guess we probably could find some, some betting odds on some of these uh, players we're going to discuss and what their next team may be, but uh, not going to be doing that on today's episode of the podcast, uh, so uh, if you're wanting the Super Bowl betting picks, uh, you have to wait till next week. Uh, isn't that right, Dylan? Yeah, excited for those episodes, especially when we break down some of the predictions from before the season that I'm sure, I think yours are probably a little bit better than mine, although I believe we both had the the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, so at least we have that going <laughs> for us. But in terms of uh, some other regrettable picks that I had, not just for division winners, but teams missing the playoffs, mm-hmm. the Packers were one of those. That was a pretty big miss, so I'll have to own up for that. But yeah, no, it should be it's, uh, definitely still a lot to talk about with all of these coaching rumors and then all these interviews and different things that are sparking up rumors especially the quarterback stuff obviously that's what we're going to talk about here today is there's just it's more so than and than usual there's just a lot of guys that as uh, everyone's talking about are kind of uncertain what their futures are going to be obviously that's the exact word Aaron Rodgers used he talked about it more on the Pat McAfee show on I believe Tuesday uh, kind of explaining his comments, but not necessarily denying any of anything he said, just making it clear exactly what he said. So, yeah, it should be an interesting uh, next, even after the Super Bowl. Obviously, no more football games for a while. That's going to be a bummer, but a lot to uh, look forward to uh, in the offseason. It, it feels, you know, NBA's always had the most exciting free agency of all the major sports, in my opinion. I feel like maybe the NFL will have a, a chance to, to compete with that this year. Yeah, there's usually some things to talk about in the NFL offseason. Uh, usually a couple things happen uh, for sure. But as you said, we'll get to all that uh, eventually. But uh, for now, uh, we're going to talk about some of these situations with quarterbacks uh, and just kind of you know give a general overview of where things stand. Obviously, we'll get more into it as we go into the offseason. But uh, there has been lots of quarterback talk here recently, mm-hmm. surrounded, uh, of course, you said, Aaron Rodgers. Um, the, what's his future in Green Bay? Uh, we've talked about the Deshaun Watson situation, Matthew Stafford. Well, let's get into some of it. Um, so we've got a lot of quarterbacks here on a list, Dylan, and uh, mm-hmm. we've kind of grouped them together in different situations. Uh, let's start with the most obvious ones, I think, in terms for you and I. Like We feel like these yeah. are pretty much the most clear-cut uh, situations. Lots of talk about Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, Dak Prescott going into this season, that's where all the talk was focused around, uh, you know, what their 
particular situations were going to be. And then, you know, as we know, Packers drafted Jordan Love. And so mm-hmm. it really felt like Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott were the, the two hot topics of the offseason uh, heading into this particular season um, in terms of what their future could be. I think we're pretty much on the same page here. Lots of rumors, lots of discussion, um, you know, lots of stuff out there in terms of what's next for Aaron Rodgers, what's next for for Dak. Uh, We know how the season ended for him, unfortunately. Uh, But I think um, at this point, I I, I wouldn't take it any more than that. Like Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be playing for the Packers. Uh, Dak's probably going to be playing for the Cowboys next season. And I don't think we should get too carried away at trying to figure out where those two could be playing because uh, they're probably going to be playing exactly where they were this year. Yeah, just really for Dak, it depends if it's a franchise tag or a long-term extension. If I had to make a prediction, I'd think they'd find a way to get an extension done, although, I mean, Dak might. Uh, it's it's risky. Obviously, he's suffered that serious injury, and now the cap with due to the pandemic has taken a dip. It probably, you know, within a few years should be jumping back up, so maybe the deal will be tailored, to, you know, catered to that with the idea of pushing some of the some of the money back to when they expect the cap to be higher. Either way, I, yeah, I think Dak and Dallas figure something out. And then for Aaron, I mean, I do understand when you – obviously the uncertainty of when they draft a quarterback in the first round that it, it signifies that eventually they're going to move on. It just I, – I feel like it's a little – uh, early, <laughs> I don't think after the, uh, he has an MVP season that you're going to move on. This isn't quite the same. It's definitely not the same situation as what we saw with Brett Favre in the Rodgers uh, era, kind of starting with him trying to come back from retiring. It's not even close to that situation. Aaron's playing at such a high level. There's no indication whatsoever that he'd be walking away uh, from playing football anytime soon. And his value, I mean, the, the contract itself, obviously there's a lot of a lot of money and dead money that would be involved with that. Uh, obviously they could get a ton of value back for Aaron if they really did want to trade him. I just believe that, you know, eventually, yes, by drafting again, by drafting Jordan Love, eventually they're going to look into moving on to this next era. I just feel like it's at least next offseason, maybe the one after that. Like, I just don't think this is the time. I know there's uh, those comments have uh, been taken and pulled apart and we've even published stuff at clutch points. Like if, you know, possible best destinations, if he's going to be traded, you know, like that's great, but it's all just fun to talk about, but he's not going to go anywhere at this point. He's that was more, again, as we kind of talked about in the last episode, that seemed like more of a message to the team and, uh, uh, and the organization in terms of what he wants around him and what he expects uh, for this franchise. And, Obviously, he, as he kind of clarified, it also was really just about some of those teammates that he's grown to love that are more likely going to be uh, not in Green Bay or less likely in terms of Corey Lindsley and uh, Aaron Jones are two that definitely stick out. Yeah, and like we said, we feel like these are kind of two in the similar situation. Uh, no mm-hmm. need to start running out and spreading any rumors about what could be next or yeah. trying to connect dots uh, because, as we said, probably going to be – uh, exactly where they were this season. Meanwhile, uh, Deshaun Watson, not exactly on the same <laughs> level as those two. Um, his situation a little bit more interesting in terms yeah. of uh, how things could play out there. And uh, me, Dylan, I like to immediately look to the uh, the betting odds here now and see who the favorites <laughs> are in terms of uh, what uh, you know could be the next destination for him, uh, where he could land. Uh, it seems right now, uh, at least if you look around and certainly mm-hmm. if you check betting odds at many different locations, like there are going to be different teams probably in the lead. Um, but if I'm looking at FanDuel here and uh, among that, uh, it seems like 
The Texans still have the best odds uh, to beat Deshaun Watson's next team. Behind <laughs> that, uh, the Jets are next. Uh, the Dolphins wow. are pretty considerably behind the Jets. Um, and so that's interesting, I think. Uh, the Broncos mm-hmm. after that, Patriots after that, and Washington all have the same odds. Uh, then the Bears, Colts, and Eagles all have uh, the next odds to group together after that. Uh, but, I mean, really, I, I think what this comes down to is I don't know who they're going to hire as a head coach. I mean, we, we've seen all the stuff about, mm-hmm. you know, they're bringing in Leslie Frazier and, and all that for a, a second interview. And who knows maybe what happens there. Um, I, I don't know that a coach is necessarily going to be able to fix this situation unless, um, you know, you're hiring someone that has won a couple of Super Bowls or something maybe. Uh, but <laughs> I I don't know, man. This, uh, this situation has gotten pretty tricky for the Texans. And like we said, it, it, the roster is just not built to win many games right now anyways. Uh, the defense is kind of, you know, I don't know, several years past its prime at this point. Uh, and then for the offense, like we said, I mean, they traded their, you know, one of the best playmakers in the league uh, to, to the Cardinals. And, you know, their running game kind of is what it is. Uh, Deshaun Watson is kind of just out there on an island right now. And um, I I don't know how this ends up, but uh, yeah. this is certainly one that is a lot harder to figure out than the others. Yeah, with the team as just lacking as much depth as the Texans, you'd expect them to have a lot of cap space. Instead, I'm looking at the Spotrac uh, cap space oh, for all the teams, the and they're at negative 16 million. <laughs> Absolute mess. Good. So it's not like, and they don't have any great draft picks, which are usually how you can kind of dig yourself out if you draft well and you're not able to sign for agents because of the cap. That's how you can do it, and they don't have those picks. They've, they're all, I mean, it, we kind of joked about Bill O'Brien, but it seems like. Uh, over the last few weeks and months as things are coming out, it might be more tied to uh, Jack Easterby. And as long as he's there, as long, and even if he's not there, some of the uh, some of the things that Schefter and Rappaport tweeted out that as long as Cal McNair's there, he's not going to want to be there. One of Schefter's reports over the weekend, no matter who they hire as their head coach, he's still going to want out of Houston. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I hope he doesn't get stuck. I don't, I, I don't know how you quantify – we've kind of talked about this too. We, I don't know how you quantify the value for a guy. I mean, Jamal Adams got two first-round picks. What has Deshaun Watson got to be worth? I mean, the Jets, uh, yeah, you mentioned them as one of the favorites. That's because they do have so much uh, great draft capital uh, with multiple first-round picks the next couple of years. The one thing that intrigues me more about Miami, and it really depends on how highly the Texans look at Tua, is – I mean, they have a lot of picks, not as many as – Jets, but if they really value Tua and they think that's the guy they can build around as their franchise quarterback, whereas they're not as pumped about Sam Darnold or whatever they're going to be able to figure out if they if they're to trade Deshaun to the Jets, uh, that's why Miami is an intriguing option for me. I know those are the two teams that have been mentioned as the two favorites uh, in other uh, reports. I think the Miami Herald had them as the two top destinations for where Watson wants to go. Uh, but I, you know. Outside of that, I don't know where else. I mean, like, there's teams that are obviously would love to get him. I just don't know if they have the the picks and the, the necessary assets to do it. Like the Panthers, the 49ers are are teams that uh, Bill Barnwell had a long article about the best trade proposals. Ever, all the teams that could be in the running for Watson could make. He had he had the Panthers up there as well as the 49ers. I just obviously the the Caps one thing, but. I just feel like it, man. But hey, this is the Texans, right? This is the team that traded DeAndre Hopkins away for much less than his true value, I believe. So, man, I I don't know what's going to happen. I just hope for Deshaun's sake he gets out of there. I don't know if that's going to happen. It's uh, it's it's not going to be easy. But we'll, I mean, if obviously Houston would like to keep him, uh, I just don't know 
it's going to be a risk for whoever comes in there as a head coach, as I talked about. I wouldn't want to be <laughs> – I would probably wait for next year's cycle. If I'm a favorite to get that job, I'd maybe pump the brakes. Obviously, uh, any head coaching opportunity in the NFL is a great uh, one that should be uh, desired. But I, I just – man – it's a tough spot. I, I don't know if I'd want to be there right now, especially with Deshaun. I'd really have to feel confident, uh, have the self-confidence that we can convince him to stay because otherwise, man, I don't know. <laughs> That's going to be a really tough situation in Houston for a number of years uh, for all the reasons we talked about. Just no depth, uh, no cap money, and no picks. It's uh, it's pretty yep. bleak. Yeah, I mean, like we said, they're not a playoff team with him, um, without him. I mean, they, yeah. they immediately vault to being in that conversation for – you know, one of the worst three teams in the league, I think, without a doubt. So um, I don't know either, man. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Like we said, we'll have a lot more uh, to talk about with that as we see maybe who the head coaching hire is, whether that can impact things. Uh, we will see what happens there. All right, another one that a lot of people are talking about, and this one we know for sure is going to have a different team, and that is going to be Matthew Stafford, uh, who will not be with the Lions next season and uh, will start over elsewhere. Uh, I'm also looking at a uh, a tweet here uh, from FanDuel, and it looks like uh, this was a couple of days ago. Uh, these odds were out, so certainly they could have changed by then. But uh, the Colts, the favorite, I don't think that's a surprise. We talked about that on the last episode of the podcast. Uh, Patriots now also pretty much right behind them. The Patriots and the Niners have the second-best odds. Um, the Dolphins after that, and then somehow the Lions are after that. I don't think that's going to happen uh, unless everyone just decides that they don't want him to play, and he's like, well, I have no other choice. Let me go back to the Lions. Uh, we don't see that happening. Uh, so I think it's pretty clear that the Colts will probably likely be the front runner here. I know the yeah. Patriots are, you know, just in terms of rumors and stuff, they probably – it would make sense, like you could understand why the Patriots, you know, for Belichick, he would want someone a little bit, you know, may a little bit more experience, and Stafford certainly has that. Uh, we don't know what the situation will look like with the 49ers. We'll discuss that in a second. Uh, but uh, for Stafford, I mean, again, you can connect dots here, but it does seem like the Colts, you know, we feel like I don't know what the similarities, the differences are between him and a, a quarterback mm-hmm. like Phillip Rivers, but it does seem like that he would sort of – maybe fit into that mold a little bit in terms of what the Colts already have going there. Yeah, I think, I mean, no offense to Phillip, but I think Stafford, when healthy, is playing at a higher level. He's obviously much younger than Phil, but uh, just, I mean, we saw it for large portions uh, in, before he got injured in 2019. He was he was right there as one of the top, I would, I would have put him in the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL uh, for the first half of the 2019 season before he got injured. Obviously, this year, uh, there's not much of a running game. The offensive line is brutal. That's the thing. Uh, why? That's really why I think uh, uh, Indianapolis makes so much sense. They have the best offensive line of any of these teams looking for QBs built in. And you look at the Jets. The, I mean, the Jaguars obviously going to draft Trevor. The Jets are, uh, even, though they, even though they drafted Mekhi Becton, he had a fantastic rookie season. Still a work in progress there. The Patriots, they, and maybe if they can get Scarnecki to come back and be their offensive line coach again and fix that up a bit, they'd struggled uh, for portions of this past season but yeah I think the Patriots and Colts probably the two of the best in my mind out in the in the AFC um, if the Lions are willing to deal into an NFC team uh, the cap space wise the Niners would have to figure it out but I, I don't think there's any other team in the NFC that I see that makes as much sense uh, as San Francisco as I kind of talked about at the end of our last podcast as well um, obviously just made the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and uh, with a little bit better quarterback play really could have won it uh, so uh, and I think, yeah, just I feel like with these, uh, also with that scheme, such a QB friendly scheme with both Frank Reich and Kyle Shanahan, not necessarily things that 
uh, until Daryl Bevel come there, uh, came to Detroit that uh, was a struggle for Stafford. Uh, some of the reports said that if Bevel had been retained by Detroit, he might have been completely fine staying. So uh, those are the, the teams that make the most sense to me, the Patriots, uh, definitely the Colts, and also the Niners. Yeah, I think uh, those are the ones that, like you said, I mean, it's just um, his is a little bit easier situation because we know kind of what the deal is. Like we know that he's probably not going to be the line. So we know that um, he's going to be elsewhere, and so it makes it a lot more easier than certainly a situation like Sean Watson. But I think it's intriguing, man, to see him not in a Lions uniform just because it's like, yeah. you know, we talked about it before, like judging quarterbacks when they're just with a traditionally bad team every year, it's just – I think it's so hard sometimes to get a just complete read on that. So um, I, I at least am very curious to see kind of what it looks like if he were to go to a winning team um, and to see how things play out there. All right, that takes us to the next little group here. Uh, let's talk about Matt Ryan and Cam Newton because uh, these are two interesting scenarios. Uh, you know, Cam, Patriots, he had the season. I mean, you know, I, I don't know that we should have expected much more than, than what he did for the Patriots. Um, and then with Matt Ryan, we know that's a different situation now. They've got a new coach. Um, what's the next step there uh, in terms of what, what does the future look like for the Falcons overall? Um, so lots of interesting possible scenarios for these two as well. Um, I don't know. This is uh, the Cam situation. It's like, I don't know, man. Like it's uh, it's one of those where you felt like, with Belichick, like you, I don't know, you felt like it was going to work somehow. Like you felt mm-hmm. like there was something there. But like if you put him elsewhere now, I, you know, I don't feel like you have that guarantee that, that maybe he's going to find that one fit that just we're like, okay, that would make sense for him to kind of bounce back and to do this. And then on the other hand, you know, the Matt Ryan situation, contract, all this other stuff, um, that's another one where I think as the years goes by in Atlanta, um, you know, Falcons fans are starting to wonder, you know, what what are some of the things maybe that could play mm-hmm. out? And now with a regime change there uh, at the top, um, lots of possibilities probably for that one too. Yeah, I'm just not sure if the Falcons will find the trade value that they want for Matt. I, I really do think Stafford's value is a lot higher. He's obviously uh, significantly younger, three years younger, but also – uh, just at this point, win healthy. Again, that's the one thing with Stafford. We, uh, but like you said, we haven't seen him on a winning team with a great offensive line and a, a, a coach that's protecting them with his play calls as well. So uh, that's the one thing, with, with again, with Matt Ryan. I do The way I do kind of pair them, though, in my mind, is I don't know if the, the Falcons want to do what the Lions did last year. The Lions had a chance. They could have drafted Tua or Herbert, and they, and they decided not to. And now they're looking to possibly move on from Stafford, don't have a quarterback. I'm I'm sure if they could do it again, they probably would have drafted Herbert, seeing what he did in his first season uh, in Los Angeles. So uh, the Falcons, almost the exact same spot. They have the fourth overall pick. There's going to be some quarterbacks probably still available there. I don't think it's going to go one, two, three, QB, QB, QB to start this draft. So it, that's where we'll we'll see where Matt Ryan possibly is going to be on the market. Like you said, his contract and just his at 37 years old. I just don't know what the value is. I even if they do draft a quarterback, I could see him coming back for one more year just because. I don't know if they're going to find a market for him. And then for Cam, uh, I mean, there's a lot of teams, again, that are still going to be looking for QBs. I don't know. Uh, maybe Washington is one that we've mentioned, getting reuniting with uh, with Ron Rivera. It, it could make sense. Uh, we'll, at least he could be part of the, the conversation there for the starting job. I just, as the season went on, obviously, not a lot of weapons there in, in New England, but I still don't know <laughs> – uh, if even uh, just on, on his uh, by himself, if we saw enough from Cam 
for me to be really convinced. But he, he's definitely not a guy I would immediately think of right now as one of the best quarterbacks I'd be looking for to start a team. Just looking at, I mean, he's not even close to some of the top guys in terms of uh, in terms of football outsiders. Uh, their DVOA added uh, DYAR uh, stat for quarterbacks. He's, I mean, I'm, I'm going down the list, and he's behind guys that you just wouldn't ex- expect. I can't even. He's not even on the top. 30 yeah he's 31st man that's it's pretty yeah. brutal he's behind he's he's right there with the the likes of drew Locke, andy dalton and nick Foles. and uh so man i uh it's pretty it's pretty brutal to to think uh, you know where i had a lot of optimism for cam with the patriots this year uh, and right now i just don't know i mean that's that takes into account the quality of his opponents that he's facing quality of his teammates and kind of puts it so that everyone's on an even playing field and he's still ranking that low. It makes me definitely more discouraged about what hap- might happen with Cam this offseason. Yeah, like that's the thing as you think about it. It's like, well, Deshaun Watson leaves the Texans and they don't get a mega quarterback in return. Well, that could unfortunately be a spot. Um, you know, the Lions, like we said, with Stafford, I guess, unfortunately, that could also be a spot. But uh, elsewhere, like you just you don't see many starting quarterback positions available for, for him. And, and I just don't. I don't know. That's um, that's one that's certainly going to be interesting to watch. Like you said, though, with Matt Ryan, that's a little bit of a different scenario. But uh, still, I think you start to look ahead uh, in his case and think, man, you, you wonder maybe what the Falcons' mm-hmm. next step uh, is overall as a franchise. And, you know, obviously it's going to involve something to do with your quarterback, whether that's uh, going in a different direction or what. But we will see there. All right, this next group we've got lumped into four here. Sam Darnold. Uh, Jared Goff, who has uh, been in the news here uh, as of late, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Carson Wentz. Uh, Dylan, you can sort of explain the uh, situations with each of these four, but I think as we know, um, the, if you want to just basically look at this group and say what what is the common theme that ties all four of these together, uh, Dylan, I think it's, uh, well, you don't have complete backing of your uh, franchise yeah. right now. I think that's probably the, the biggest thing when you look at all four of these. And honestly, I'm like maybe Darnold has the most backing of of anyone. I don't know, yeah. um, which is very interesting to think about. But uh, it is like you look at these four and you're thinking ahead. Like mm, we we could see you know some possibilities in terms of maybe what these franchises do with these four quarterbacks in particular. Uh, but uh, their situations have certainly gotten a lot more interesting. And it's also interesting to think, Dylan, in that. Uh, two mm-hmm. of those quarterbacks have been in the most two recent Super Bowls, not counting uh, this season. So uh, that yeah. is uh, another thing that is also kind of fascinating, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a chance, I think, with Jimmy that he ends up staying in San Francisco, uh, depending on if they strike out in some of these other – I feel like if they can, they're going to get a guy like Stafford. Obviously, they'd love to get Deshaun if they could. Uh, if they don't get those two, I don't know if there's necessarily a better option that's going to work out here. It's, uh, again, we didn't see enough from Jimmy this season to have any idea um, in terms of uh, it's not quite the same as Carson Wentz. And uh, even I would, even though with the circumstances around him, I'd still say that Sam Darnold, we did not see enough from those guys. <laughs> and again, they're, they're the last two in terms of qualifying quarterbacks, 35th and 36th in that DYAR stat from Football Outsiders are Darnold and Wentz. So at least for Goff, he, I mean, he has the big contract, but it's a tradable contract. It, it does save the Rams some money and not a deal that might look completely terrible to another team. So, uh, yeah, after the we talked about before the podcast, some of the things that McVay has said about uh, Jared that have made it seem like they're not completely obviously backing him. Uh, I got a notification while we're recording that if they do keep Jared, uh, there'll be an open quarterback competition. 
Um, there's obviously less need saying he's a Ram for the moment. So, uh, yeah, in terms of backing, like you said, definitely the most support has been driven behind Sam Darnold, whether that's actually for uh, the Jets to, if that's legitimate, they believe he's going to be the QB of the future, or if it's just to kind of build up how other teams believe they feel about him and, and helping his uh, trade value. I'm not positive <laughs> on that one. Wentz, I, Wentz is just a tough situation. I don't know if a team, maybe the Colts with some of those coaches that have experience with him would look at him and be like, this is a guy that we can make work in our system. I, I mean, maybe that's the, the one fit, but I feel like he ends up just staying in Philadelphia and battling for the job with Hertz. Uh, in terms of just total value, if it wasn't for the contract, I would say, I mean, Goff is easily the best in terms of his performance this season uh, based on that stat. And just, you know, just also uh, just what, you know, uh, watching the teams this year and watching the, all the, all these games, I, Goff wasn't perfect, but I would, still not a, a bad quarterback that with, as we've seen in his career, when all the things around him are working well, he's a great, when he has a strong running game, a, a great offensive line, he does have a, a lot of arm talent and can uh, obviously led the Rams. Uh, was a big reason they made that Super Bowl, made some big throws in that NFC title game against the Saints. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really, I haven't really started thinking about where Goff would end up in terms of a team that could trade for him in terms of a situation that, that fits that mold where he would be ready to succeed. Maybe the Colts, but I just, I think they have other options they'd rather go with um, at this point because, uh, yeah, the, the Rams can't really cut him based on the contract. There's too much dead money. But, again, it is a tradable contract. So that is – that'll be an interesting one, obviously, for me <laughs> to follow as a Rams fan. That is definitely on my radar. I just – at this point, I don't really even know outside of Indianapolis. That's the only team I keep thinking about that makes sense for him because every other situation I'm like, is yeah. it really better than what the Rams have? Like in terms of what, what he has around him, I don't know if that's the case. Well, I will say this. We just beat up on the Lions a little bit. But like they at least have – I mean, they have some talent on offense, so I will yeah. I will give them that. I don't like you said it's not a Lions aren't a better situation than the Rams, but um, that is one that pops in my mind. As though I yeah. don't know what the symbol. I mean, you got Galladay there, you got Marvin Jones, who I don't know how old Marvin Jones is at this point, but I, I this guy I feel like he's been in the mm-hmm. league thirty years, um, <laughs> and he just keeps catching touchdowns. So um, I don't know, maybe it's just a, a thirty race. years old. Wow, he's only thirty. <laughs> my goodness, I don't know what it is, but I feel like Marvin Jones has been playing forever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's, that's one that popped into my mind, but like you said, I don't think that's necessarily a better situation yeah. for golf, but I mean, they, they do have some talent on offense. I, I will give the lions that. I just don't know how they're going to be. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, great season. So they, I, they have a ton of connections too. I mean, Brad Holmes, their new GM was a yeah. huge uh, proponent of drafting golf with the Rams. So. Uh, and they've taken, they basically raided our whole coaching staff. So, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of connections there for sure. Well, that could be a possibility. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, let's wrap up with a couple guys here in particular. I don't know that they're going to have the stock that uh, the others that we mentioned thus far have, but uh, they are two notable ones. Nonetheless, uh, Mitch Trubisky and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, these two, have uh, they've been in the headlines a lot over the recent years because uh, Bears have been trying to figure out with Trubisky what they're doing, and then Fitzpatrick has seemingly taken over the starting job for every single team he's played for and somehow uh, led it to victories. Um, so these are two guys, Dylan, that I think, again, they're not going to be the main focus, but uh, they, they are – they are intriguing nonetheless, just because, um, you know, if you, if you see Mitchell Trubisky suiting up for the New England Patriots or, um, you know, Fitzpatrick playing for his 39th uh, team in uh, his history, uh, th- those are things that are, that are a lot of fun as well. 
I think Fitzpatrick will be a really fun backup or competing for the job with the Rams. I'm, like, he has to go somewhere he hasn't played before, right? Like, he can't yeah. go back to another team. He's got to keep this going. So he has to pick a team he hasn't played for yet. I am worried. I, he, he has played for the Rams, so whoops, can't do that one. But I, I do uh, I do think he might end up in Miami, unfortunately, again. It depends what they do. This, if they stick with Tua, then I could see it happening. I don't know if that's a great idea given – how everything went as the season went on and there was all the, the anonymous players talking about how they weren't a huge fan of going to Tua over Fitzpatrick. I don't know if they want to deal with that. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of teams that, I mean, he, he's not a guy that needs everything to be perfect around him to succeed. He, he finds a way. Yeah, <laughs> so he, he does. He's adapted for years and years <laughs> and uh, continues to get the job done. So yeah, someone that I, yeah, obviously maybe not as much value, but I still think as a as a spot starter or if you're not completely sold on who your starter is, there's a ton of teams that could use him. And then for Trubisky, I, you know, with, with Nagy and Pace coming back, I'm just concerned it's just going to be the same Bears and they're going to find and they're going to find a way to just bring him back on an, a contract that makes sense for them. They Yeah, they, they definitely don't. Uh, unlike some of these QB needy teams, the Bears are in a cap situation that's not fantastic. Uh, of course, they are hot and better uh, situation than the Texans, but just about everyone is. They're 21st in terms of cap space. They're 10 million under uh, the projected cap uh, this coming season. So it's I just feel like it's all lining up for him to go back there. I don't really know where he would go and who wants him and thinks he would work. I mean, maybe. I mean, he's more mobile, so maybe he could fit in McVeigh's offense. <laughs> I just don't think that... Uh, it's something that the Rams really are going to entertain, though, if they're going to move on from Goff. They need someone better than Mitch to be the guy they're looking at. So I really do see this end, ending up with him back in Chicago and us just watching this really stuff, just just a, just a really just sluggish offense. I hope it doesn't happen, but I mean, I don't know if the Bears have any other better options with their – maybe they can get Fitzpatrick. I don't know because they – yeah, the cap is a big issue for them. They just can't really be a big player for some of these guys that they would probably like to be if they could, but it just it's just not realistic at this point. Well, just for the, the sake of the podcast, <laughs> I'd love to see Trubisky as the starter for the Rams next season because boy, we could get some we could get some great rants out of that uh, after some of those games. Uh, so okay. I um I would not be completely against that, but uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens. Like you said, it's the Bears, and um, I don't know that the Bears have not been ones uh, at all in recent years to revamp their offense, and so um, they're they're not exactly stepping out on a limb to, to try to be the next uh, whoever. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, there's just some uh, quick thoughts on uh, these quarterback situations, and as we said, we'll have a lot more on that as uh, we go into the off season. But uh, since we do have a little time before the Super Bowl, we figured we'd bring these up uh, since people were talking about it, and uh, specifically some of these guys have uh, recently uh, been discussed quite a bit in terms of uh, what their future is. Uh, with their respective teams. But, uh, Dylan, uh, as we said, we've got a lot of stuff going on over Clutch Points uh, to get ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, lots of uh, NBA going on, MLB stuff happening everywhere. Um, everything happening over Clutch Points. Yeah, you can read all of our NFL content on ClutchPoints.com in the NFL section as well as the Clutch Points app. Uh, tons of yeah, tons of coverage of all these rumors. Uh, Eli Manning's return to New York, not as a player, don't get too concerned. But every everything we on the NFL side – uh, plenty going on beyond uh, the storylines leading up to the Super Bowl. We have that covered. Also, yeah, you can follow all the NBA games in the app. Eventually, uh, with spring training starting, baseball as well. Some signings still happening there that we're covering. So find all that in the Clutch Points app as well as on ClutchPoints.com. Yep, check all that out, and uh, we will have – 
Plenty of coverage of uh, Eli Manning making his return to the NFL to be the quarterback for the Rams next season. Uh, so we will see if uh, that happens. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, check everything out over Clutch Points. Subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, uh, you can find us on there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the five folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Past Podcast.